I need to take a second to tell you about my friend Danielle McCleary, who I've talked about before. She's a host of On The Daily Podcast and the co-founder of Hype You Media, which I am a part of. She is a quantum business coach and life transformation coach dedicated to helping as many entrepreneurs as possible live their absolute best life and lead themselves in the most epic way. She recently opened up registration for Q3 enrollment of her scale to six, six as in dollar signs, mastermind. So what is a mastermind? You may be asking. It's a vortex of growth to infinite, to the infinite degree. What Danielle has done is created a space laser focused on giving people like you the tools to quantum leap in your business. Think four times speed. We're pressing that fast forward button. In her mastermind, you can expect transformational work on your relationship with money, leadership, and worthiness while receiving strategic support with how to build a multi-million million dollar business from a place of alignment and calm and a calm central nervous system. The Scale to Six Mastermind includes bi-weekly group coaching calls, quarterly virtual retreats, weekly strategic skill calls, astrology readings, access to a Slack channel with all the other clients inside, and to top it off, you'll also get access to all of Danielle's master classes and group programs. If you're ready for high-level, close-proximity support in scaling your business through six figures, head on over to the link in the show notes to learn more and apply. And don't forget to follow Danielle on Instagram at Danielle underscore on the daily and listen to her new episode of her podcast on the daily every Tuesday and Friday. Welcome to Brand Meet Creator Podcast with me, Harley Jordan, and Sonia Elise. A place where we pull back the curtain and the trashy filters on the influencer marketing industry. So pull up a chair and grab a notebook. It's time to shed some light on the ever-changing Instaverse. I am so excited for this episode because we're talking about one of my favorite affiliates, personally, Parade. (laughs) We're spilling some tea because apparently they are taking advantage of influencers. And I actually completely disagree based on my experience and based on experience of influencers in the agency that have worked with them. So we're going to dive into this whole thing. They've recently been acquired. The founder left the company. Again, it's a whole crazy can of worms. But first, we have to start out with and if you like it, like it, that had Sonia and I just screaming this week. <laughs> there is a video circulating of <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow doing an ad with Seed, the like vitamin company or probiotic. Yeah, probiotic company. I think they offer a lot of different things, but yeah. yeah. And she's been she's been memed big time because yeah. this ad. Oh my God, it's atrocious. Truly the worst quality ever. Poor Seed for having to pay for this. I'm just so appalled. So she said, let me set the scene. She's sitting on her couch. She is in glasses. It's like from below. No, she's in the kitchen. Okay. She's in her kitchen. She sticks the the pill in her mouth, sucks on it, pulls it out of her mouth. No, I think what really got me was that, like, the... Um, and then the coffee maker starts. Whoever, yeah, whoever is, like, right near her, she's it's starting, like, milk. it. And, 
It's so bad. It's so bad from so many points of view. Like the lighting is bad. It's like weirdly she just like leaned over the countertop and like dark corner and then and she's, she's like this starting is like probiotics deliver. but like not like yeah. the ones you'd find in yogurt and then yeah she's like starting to deliver the info and then she just stops because whoever's standing next to her her husband or whomever is like steaming frothing milk and it's so loud and instead of just like Trying stopping again. and creating a new video no no that's the video they use <laughs> i am absolutely appalled what do you, Truly, th- what do you think don't... about this? Like, as someone on the brand side, like, do you think that was, do you think that that was sent through to them? Do you think it was just posted? Like, how do you think this even happened? Something tells me, well, I think a few things could have happened, but when you work with celebs, and I've had, I've worked with celebs before on the social side of things where they need social, you know, inclusion on the campaign that they're working on. A lot of times it becomes very difficult to get edits, to get different mm-hmm. things because it's just like they're not reachable. Yeah. And not yeah. many celebrities have like a social media person, like, you mm-hmm. know, the Kardashians each have, I think, like an assistant that just captures social for them. So I just think that most likely she signed on for a much larger campaign. And this is one of the asks within that, like maybe she's the face, maybe there's an editorial component. Mm -hmm. I don't really know, or like a a tie in with goop would make sense. And maybe this is just like one of the asks within that. And she's like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to do this. Like, this is fine. Like, this is what you get. And like when it's Gwyneth Paltrow, like you don't get retakes potentially. Like maybe that's Uh, not in her. uh, You don't get reads. You don't get uh try to when someone starts foaming milk in the background you should you should <laughs> but if it's not in her contract you get like, what are you seconds do? of my time <laughs> yeah I mean I just like I can't believe they went forward and posted it I would have like as a brand I would have rather not posted it just at not. all and just like lose it than this but at the same time what's interesting is like many things that are like controversial that go viral like now everybody's talking about this company yeah. it's not the reason they want them to but it's out there so but I do <laughs> also think like okay here here's the weird part for me is that on her page, she has like these really big collaborations where she's like dressed up, professional camera, really cinematic angles. And then mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you have this seed ad where she's sucking on the pill and then the steamer starts. I don't know. It's truly wild to me. I do not know the behind the scenes. I really hope that more info comes out. <laughs> if if you have any opinions on this, like tell us because I'm just like, give us all your theories. Why on earth would this? even happen okay i actually have another one to piggyback off Mm. of this i'm gonna send you this video right now because i thought it was hysterical um there was a recent ad that hillary duff speaking of celebrities doing influencer marketing that hillary Mm -hmm. duff did with um what is it ollie wellness the um like vitamin company vitamin gummies and Mm -hmm. let me just say Number one, she made it a whole production. So props to her. I love Uh her so much with my whole soul. But Mm -hmm. it is a blurry ass video. And (laughs) the text is in the worst possible place for user experience, for visibility, (laughs) for literally everything. And I will drop this in the show notes so that you can see this video as well. 
I mean, it is very cute. My notes would have been, yes, move the text. There's so much dead space above her head. There's like, so why, much dead space above her head. Why would that be the framing? Like, there's so much space above her head, they could have easily moved the text up there. And number two, you, like, can't really see the branding. Like, I wish you in can't all see of the product. Our, no, in all of our briefs, we always say that we require a two-second hold on the label of some sort. Exactly. So whether that was like she holds it specifically or she zooms in or whatever else, like you just need something that's like, okay, I can see the label. Move on. Good attempt. <laughs> uh, our producer says it looks like she filmed it on an Android. Cardinal Sin. <laughs> not in it no way is hillary duff an android user no way no way okay well celebrities doing influencer marketing if you like it like it okay let's talk about this parade thing sonia do you want to set us up set the scene (laughs) okay let's set the scene so most people know the company Parade, especially if they follow Harley, because she has been a know. tried and true, yeah, <laughs> a tried and true ambassador for a while. But um, this company, I believe, was founded in uh, two thousand and I'm not sure, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, somewhere in there, and um, it was founded in the dorm room of her name is Cami Telez. And she's only 26 currently. So it's just a few years old. And yeah, 2019, correct. And essentially by 2022, just a year ago, the brand was valued at 200 million, which is very high. Now, valuation has nothing to do with like how solvent um, or lucrative a brand actually is. This Mm -hmm. is just saying how much it could potentially be Well, brand recognition. Like I think there's so much value in buying a company like that now. Because they've mm-hmm. gotten to they've gotten into Target. They mm-hmm. are all over the internet. I feel like anyone that's yep. in their 20s knows about Parade because you see it all over your exactly. feed. Yeah, exactly. And that's all part of the reason why it's such like an amazing company. And I think a lot of people knew that in the last year or so, the company was trying to raise funds to continue to grow. Because mm. when you've grown at this rate, you right. know, you definitely need a lot of capital. Yeah, you need a lot of capital to keep growing. And from what I have heard, unfortunately, they were not able to raise the amount of money that they had wanted to. Mm -hmm. And so for the past six months or so, they've been speaking with a larger company that is the manufacturer of Fruit of the Loom. Mm -hmm. And that is the sale that they ended up doing. Um, Which is tough because because Parade is so based in body inclusivity and diversity and And sustainability. uh, sustainability. So to see them jump to a company like Fruit of the Loom, I'm sure that's a little bit of a Mm -hmm. rock to their key. Yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely an interesting choice. It is the manufacturer of Fruit of the Loom. So they do own Fruit of the Loom as well, but it's not Fruit of the Loom, the company. So I'm sure there's conversations about like, you must maintain these standards. So it's not like, you know, any quality. And in the Yeah. And in the statement that the company that purchased Parade let out once the purchase was made public, um, they did say that part of the reason why they purchased them was because of their inclusivity, their sustainability, et cetera. So either that's the direction they are looking to go. Yeah. Hopefully that's the direction they're looking to go, but it could definitely be that part of the contract terms are that they have to stay within these 
levels, of course. But I think what really led Harley and I to have a discussion about this was one, someone that I follow on TikTok, um, who's very well known for um, analyzing D2C companies, Mm -hmm. which Parade was D2C before they entered Target. She did like really a breakdown about the sale because in the business world, this is like very mystifying. This founder is like very well regarded, very close to her team. And now she's leaving. Um, It was a very quick sale. Mm -hmm. And of course, there's a lot of information that we'll never know. But part of the video. She's also very young. So I mean, part of it is like if I was 26 and built this massive company, like Mm -hmm. maybe I maybe I would say, dude, this is, uh, this is a lot. Yeah. I feel like I don't know enough. I'm tired. I sure. definitely could be, but I think, you know, a lot of, you know, ink and different people who ran the story about this sale talk about a public letter that she wrote mm. on her last day. And it sounds very remorseful. It sounds very sad. It seems very much against her will that she's Mm. leaving. Um, She also makes it a point to say that she made $0 off of this sale, um, which is so hard to believe. She should be making um, a strong profit or a profit share. And with many D2C companies that have a very strong founder, most of the time the deal includes that the founder stays as the face or as Mm -hmm. some sort of operating president, something within there. I mean, her name Um, is signed at the end of every email with Parade. Oh, yeah. Every email. Yeah. Most deals would have that founder staying for at least three to five years Mm -hmm. and then maybe getting like larger cash out once they fully exit. So I don't know. This deal is so interesting. But within that video, they bring up an article a long time ago and talk about how aggressive the affiliate and influencer um, strategy was for this company. And could that be part of the reason why they ended up needing more funds? And um, number one, they talk about that the affiliate structure was not good compensation, which of course, Harley as an affiliate partner of theirs has better information. And I've actually, okay, this gets me fired up because I think this is just so far from the truth. And Mm -hmm. So this this article goes on to quote that they pay their influencers $3 per story slide and mm-hmm. I think it's 15 or $10 per reel and mm-hmm. then between 15 to $30 per sale over $35 and mm-hmm. it really depends on the time of the year during the holiday season, I made like a quick $500 off of a very casual post because their Mm -hmm. rates at the time. And keep in mind, I don't, I don't do fashion. So like having an audience that's like, yes, I'm going to buy times that many Mm -hmm. times is, is noteworthy. Right. Sure. Yeah. And I think, wait, and I think also just to back up those rates that you just quoted, can you give uh, everybody more context in terms of like, you actually said that those are the rates, but it's for- Thank you. Thank you for pulling my Mm -hmm. ADHD brain back on track. (laughs) (laughs) So these are the rates that they set to literally just tag them in anything. Mm -hmm. It's automated in their system. I don't need to do anything because my account's connected. So immediately when Mm -hmm. I post that story or tag them in a reel, that's not about them, not about them. Mm -hmm. Let's make that clear. I'm immediately getting $3 to -hmm. my bank account for every slide, $10 to my bank account for every reel or post every Mm -hmm. single time. 
And as someone that doesn't want to talk about fashion all the time, like that's not my niche, never will be. I think that's an amazing model. And I also think that's incredible. Like that is how it definitely, it makes more sense in terms of a funnel and in terms of motivation, like from a business standpoint, from a brand standpoint, let's forget like the logistics around like, will you eventually end up profitable? Because clearly there was issues there. And that's something that we want to talk about as well. But from just like a strategy standpoint, maybe the numbers didn't quite add up and maybe they went too wide too quickly. But if you are going to start an affiliate group, the idea that you would incentivize per mention is genius because so everyone good. knows it's so good. that you need to like talk about something so many times for people to purchase it. And so Harley would have never made those purchases, never gotten those conversions, those higher rates that she ended up eventually getting if she didn't mention Parade so many times in other content beforehand. Right. So it pays for itself without bringing in, without relying on a sale. So I'm being compensated mm-hmm. whatever little amount for yeah. my time and energy of slapping a tag on there, yeah. which is great. Mm-hmm. They also are amazing about their gifting invites of saying, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to be a part of this next new campaign that's rolling out this time, make a sale in the next two days. Mm-hmm. And it's like, great, I'm going to post about it. I'm going to make $10 off of the post itself when I wouldn't have made any. And I'm also mm-hmm. going to probably make a sale, which is going to make me more money. And it's the in-between, mm-hmm. it's the in-between sales. It's not like mm-hmm. I have this big dedicated post that they're getting usage sure. on and they're pushing across the internet and yada, yada. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we all know that the only way affiliate does well is if you are consistently messaging Mm -hmm. about the brand. And I think Harley has always done a good job with her parade partnership because she... You're welcome. Because (laughs) there was multiple times that you would talk about it and I would go and like, I will say I never purchased anything. I find their site a little overwhelming for me. Like I would get there and be like, I really want something. And then I'd do that thing where I add like 30 things to cart and then I'm like, I don't know what to do. And then I just leave. I actually would go as far mm-hmm. as to say that I think what was actually dragging them down was the number of mm-hmm. SKUs that they had and the fact mm-hmm. that it was so yeah. overwhelming with all of the um sure with all of Newness. that and yeah I de- that definitely goes towards like a too much overhead for a business yeah. uh, for sure and I think that was the thing right is like every single month like if not more frequently I was getting these gifting invites again and again and again where they're sending yeah. me two items it's not like they're sending me a whole haul they're sending me two items which mm-hmm. adds up really quickly when you're doing them again and again and again like I have a lot of parade yeah. at this point mm-hmm. and it took a couple of months to accumulate and you know sometimes they'll throw out like a hundred dollar bonus or something like that Mm -hmm. so you know I have this big store of stuff that I can constantly talk about but what Mm -hmm. really hit me was like okay they're they're gifting invites that I'm not even doing because I don't like Mm -hmm. I don't like the specific line and if you continue Mm -hmm. to do these really niche lines or collaborations with Mm -hmm. artists or collaborations with There was one with Coca-Cola at one point. I don't want to wear random underwear with Coca-Cola across my butt. Like, 
Sorry, I just don't. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think a few things are at play here, but if we stick to just looking at the affiliate piece in terms of what maybe went wrong for this brand, well, let's start with what went right. They really cornered micro-influencers that had nothing to do with fashion, right? They looked at content creators, people who were very active within their community, and people who fit the look and feel of a very vibrant young person, Mm -hmm. right? They were able to capture and include in affiliates so many people. But part of that... And they created a tiered system, clearly, that was very effective it was in lucrative. motivating people. It was lucrative. To I would yeah. so much rather have that model. Like I mm-hmm. I've I'm telling you, I've been wanting to talk about this affiliate program for so long mm-hmm. on this podcast. Yeah. Because I think it is literally what every brand should be doing for their affiliate. Forget this Absolutely. making 10%, yes. 5% thing. I would actually rather yeah. have the $30 per sale than have the potential when someone randomly buys 500 bucks to get. Sure. I mean, I think 100. the hard part about that is that it clearly takes a ton of capital to keep that going. And part of the hard part was that they had hundreds, maybe even thousands of people in this program. And that was a problem, you, right? Yes. And they were bringing in so many people and then they were needing to pay bigger people on top of yes. that, right? Because- at the end of the day, there is a ceiling that you hit in terms of audience and saturation, and then you need to find more people. Yes. You need to find more people. So this then is actually- you, They need a whole team to manage all these people. Yes. This is an amazing point. And like, I just want to, again, like really commend their system because it was all set up through Airtable. If you wanted to submit mm-hmm. your content for them to use, you could, whether that was on their feed or whatever, like it was so organized, nice. so automated. Mm-hmm. It was freaking beautiful on the back end mm-hmm. as a consumer, as a influencer. But mm-hmm. the problem that started to hit me as we started to move forward was once they moved into more traditional flat fee based influencer marketing, Mm -hmm. that is when it started to go downhill for me and I stopped posting about them. Mm -hmm. Because the difference Mm -hmm. was that I would get a discount code that was 20% off. On specific days, it would be 30% Mm -hmm. off for my followers. But that influencer that they hired had a 50% off code. So I'm not Mm going to post about it at those times because you have incentivized you have incentivized me not to because someone's going to see that other influencer because we're all in the same realm. It's all oversaturated. We know that you're bringing on a Mm -hmm. ton of affiliates and Mm -hmm. it's not going to be worth my time. I'm now not going to make the income that I want to make from it because there's too many people. Sure. It becomes just too competitive. And I think, you know, that's definitely one of the issues, right? You are no longer as motivated to post because other people are going to be, you know, capturing the sale over you because they have a better code. I think also the oversaturation of people in general, even if they wouldn't have done those multiple codes, you know, it's, it says even in a lot of the articles, if you're a 20 something and you're scrolling Instagram, you're inundated with content of other 20 somethings. And those can be 20 somethings that have 
10,000 and up followers. And those are 20 somethings that you went to college with. Like it's, it's right. all over the place and you're being inundated with parade. So I and think maybe that's the thing is like, they really, they really did need to put up parameters to who could be a part of this program. Mm. And I actually haven't received a, so once, once they made this, this acquisition, they basically like shut mm-hmm. down their affiliate program. And they were like, you know, they sent this email that was kind of weird because it was before any of this went public. And it was like, Mm -hmm. we're revamping our behind the scenes influencer marketing Mm -hmm. thing. You Mm -hmm. will get paid for the stuff up until this day. And then, you know, we'll give you more updates as we continue. And I'm sure that was... I'm sure that was yeah. a huge part of it. Like we need to I mean, put up some boundaries. Yeah, user, yeah, I think anyone who understands the D2C model knows that the hardest part of becoming a successful D2C brand is the cost of user acquisition. It's extremely high. And they chose a, I guess you would say, quote unquote, non-traditional in terms of two years ago. This was not a popular method um, method of acquiring customers through this affiliate network and mm-hmm. through a strategy that was different mm-hmm. than some of their other competitors. And they were able to really explode over two years and gain so many customers over that amount of time. But at that point, you hit a ceiling and then you need to switch to something else. And pretty much as we've discussed on this podcast so many times, anything else is extremely expensive, right? Like running YouTube ads, Google ads, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok is a little bit cheaper, but still like all of these other places that are digital where native 20 somethings are living is more expensive. And so then you're talking about about maintaining and adding more. So let's talk about rates too, because I think they had a, mm. I wish I knew the specific details of this a little bit more, but they had a pretty like cut and dry way of pricing based around mm. follower count, um, view metrics, et cetera. So I believe three mm. of our influencers at All Influence um, worked with Parade um, mm-hmm. for a reel. One of which I think got paid, I actually want to say two of which got paid $1,000 a pop and they both had like 50 to 75K, which is low end, Mm -hmm. but also they wanted something very casual. So I think that's Mm -hmm. a huge part of it is like Mm. you have to look at the type of content that this brand is creating. Like this is a big, bold capital lesson that like you need to hear as a creator. Go to that brand's feed. Are they prim and proper and produced and cinematic and whatever? Or are mm-hmm. they literally wanting you because this brand is very young? Like they prioritize your Gen Z. So mm-hmm. they wanted literally put your phone down on the freaking floor, stand up, show me the outfit, do the little foot thing, spin around. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's yeah, they, they wanted, wanted it to feel native and authentic. And that's, you know, that's fantastic for a creator because it's easy and it leaves yes. a lot of room for creativity. And so one of the one of the places that we ran into issues was we had one of these creators that had to do a reshoot because she did make it a little bit more uh, too salesy. It it wasn't even too salesy. It was just more produced than mm. their typical content. And What's, yeah, that's tough. What's interesting is like it was very in line with her content 
and it just wasn't mm-hmm. in line with theirs as much. So, I mean, that's mm-hmm. a conversation that the brand also should have had about, you know, yeah. here's what we, here's what we want. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Well, I think um, an interesting thing to touch on as well is like, what do you think we've, we've said some of these things, but what do we think that they could have done differently. I mean, if this program comes back and they email you again in 30 days, let's say, and they say, we want to re-onboard you and these are the new terms, what do you think would be a more successful version of this partnership? I think they just need to be more, um, I think they need to cut all of the flat fee based stuff, to be honest, unless you Mm -hmm. want to push it in your own ads Like, I think that's dumb because I'm sure you're making a ton of sales from your Mm -hmm. affiliates. If you put a cap on who can actually be invited into their program, I still think that that affiliate model is chef's kiss, absolutely stellar. So I wouldn't Mm. change anything with that. I would then, because they're collecting content as they go, I would then um, only use that content as a bank for who I'm going to scout for ads. I don't want to scout anyone else. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I think that if I was advising this brand, I would do a few things. I would definitely say pull back on the total number and sign people for a six-month commitment. Mm, um, yeah. Yes, because you know, there was definitely. also a lot of one-off and it was tr- it was trial posts. You are so right. I totally forgot about this. Mm-hmm. It was trial posts. And the way mm-hmm. that they were playing it was you had to hit a 1.2 ROI to mm. rebook something with them, which on a first mm. go is a lot. This is for the flat fee people. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you had mm-hmm. to sell... If the rate was $1,000, you had to sell 1200 Sure. I mean, I think at this point, they probably have enough data to say, okay, pull back, leave your baseline affiliates like Harley was. Let's say Harley was the baseline, right? Just don't Not leave a flat me. <laughs> <laughs> don't leave Harley, though. Yeah. If you leave me behind, but, then that's a no-go. That's part of our rules yeah. and requirements here. <laughs> I got to be in it. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I would take people who most aligned with your content because these baseline quote unquote affiliate partners, I would say are most helpful in, well, one side being most helpful in, you know, how you spread the word about everything, just word of mouth, and then also very helpful in content creation. They have to align with your content. I think that's huge. I think that's definitely massive. Yeah, they have to like personify the brand. Yeah. Then in terms of flat fee, like because this brand is getting so much bigger, I don't think that they can get rid of flat fee. Like you need people to talk about Target. You need people to reach the masses at some point. And I think that is a mixture. Yeah, it's just not the scale that they were doing before. It it wasn't the Mm. like this person, this person, this person, push, 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 push. No, you don't need that many people. You want your key people. And that's it. And again, you're so right on the six month because mm-hmm. it's literally not effective to have a singular yeah. trial post. What if that person sure. could Even sell with- three times yeah. that ROI on the next yeah. one? 
even with the upfront people, the paid upfront people, they also need to be on a six month contract. They also need to have, you know, commission incentive, just like your baseline people. I think they would need to cut back on the total number of people, be more thoughtful about who is in it, have longer term contracts, and probably be more thoughtful about what product they're asking to have promoted. Like, core styles only or you know newness only Only. or whatever else and for a company that's really you know sustainability is a strong pillar gifting every single month is too much (laughs) so I think you know sticking to core or sticking to certain things and then using your paid upfront people for newness collaborations talking about target going inside target and doing the shopping um, don't get me and wrong. then using the rest was, of your money for ads. It was definitely a push to post to get some random mm-hmm. little new thing every month. But I also think it would mm-hmm. be wildly effective if you sent these new onboarded uh, gals basically a capsule of your staples. Because they do have yeah. quite a few just key, mm-hmm. key items. They have different mm-hmm. fabrics. They're luxe rib. They're they're seamless universal. Like all of those things, mm-hmm. I wear every stinking week, and mm-hmm. those are the products that you should be selling like hotcakes. And if you Absolutely. have one picture, like let's let's actually go back to influencer tip. If you have one picture of yourself in mm-hmm. that outfit, save it to your freaking camera roll. Save it to a fo- not to your camera roll to a folder in your camera roll because you want mm-hmm. you want story reposters. Repost that again and again, every time. Yeah, that's great. That's a great idea. And especially if you are promoting core, then it fits in perfectly. Um, I think the one thing that probably influencers don't want to hear, but that or that creators don't want to hear, but that I think that the brand should have done is to keep that mentions portion, like you said, like you get a certain amount of money per mention even. Keep that in there, but perhaps they need to scale back on how much their offering for that like five dollars to mention something is pretty high when you think about it in terms of like you may not even make a sale so it Um, was capped i believe oh okay that makes sense then if you cap it every month they're like okay you it's this amount of mentions but i think it was capped at at 500 or whatever i think Mm -hmm. it was capped at like 10 and i think that was a total of Oh, mm-hmm. Don't quote me, but I I want to say it was a total of TikTok stories and feed posts. So you really sure. aren't getting yeah. more than like, you know, a certain amount of dollars from those. But again, if you've if you've cut the I'm so sorry, normies, then you're <laughs> going to be in a better place anyway, because those people shouldn't yeah. be shouldn't be paid for their random story post mm-hmm. if you have 500 followers. Sure. Uh, yeah. If you have 500 followers, it's probably not effective and unless like, you that... really think that they're going to have growth. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Interesting. So interesting. I mean, I think that this is such an incredible thing to discuss from both a brand and a creator perspective, because what it, I think for me, what it really boils down to and why I think this is such an interesting topic is because for creators, this was an ideal affiliate partnership. But for a brand, it was potentially 
bankruptcy. It's potentially mm. draining all of the funds to have the success that they had. And I'm sure there's other factors, right? They are a sustainability model. They have to get certain types of materials. And I'm sure that is not cheap. They're yeah. lifting, they're doing yeah. events, they're doing a lot of other things and getting into Target also requires Oh, I'm sure that was a ton of money, ton of capital. Yes, tons, tons of capital to make enough product to send out to stores to have it hang there. And while it's also incredible, it's just like brands getting into Sephora. It is extremely yes. expensive to get into Sephora, not because you're paying Sephora, but because you then need to hit certain standards, certain amount of SKUs, certain amount of yes. product, and that costs so much money. So it's so interesting to me that what is most... Uh, enticing for a creator, the way that they were able to monetize their creators was so great and so positive as an experience. But it also, from a business standpoint, could have been part of the reason why they had to sell. Yeah. I I wonder what the back end conversation looked like. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure just like most things, it's so many different levers that were not adding up and they were scrambling. And, you know, what do you want your business to go bankrupt or you want it to go on right. and live on? And, at, and, that, and at, that, at that phase in a business where you're like, you mm-hmm. know, we either have to push or we're sinking, you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. There is a lot of like frantic flaily energy And I think you really did start to see at the end, like a lot more unique collaborations, again, that I wouldn't Mm -hmm. buy because of the specialty Mm -hmm. instead of the stapleness of it. So for a regular person versus a trendy New York TikTok 21-year-old, like Mm -hmm. it's not, it, it doesn't line up. But mm-hmm. I really want to go back to this piece about they're taking advantage of creators because I think that's where all of these articles started. The New York Times ran an article about taking advantage mm-hmm. of creators. This girl that was on TikTok, TikTok is talking about taking advantage of creators. And I just, I don't see it, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. I also don't see it. I mean, of course, everyone, the hard part about affiliates is that everyone's experience is different, right? And everyone feels like what Harley is saying is that like, this is great. I can just mention them. It doesn't have to be dedicated and I'm making money. Other people might feel like, oh, well now I'm pressured to mention them for $3. Like that's not enough money. But like, you know, you have two very different perspectives. But when you look at affiliate as a whole, this is one of the only partnership styles that I have heard of. Now, I'm sure other people are doing this at this point, but this is the only brand that I have heard of that people are talking about Mm -hmm. publicly that is saying you can make money by just mentioning and creating the content around us. It doesn't need to be specifically about us, but like let people know that we exist essentially. And yeah, I mean, I think it, clearly it is some sort of misunderstanding in press in terms of someone who of had a bad experience. Yeah, yeah, as someone who had a bad experience and talked to the press about it, and now people think that it was a bad program. But if you know a lot about affiliate marketing, you know that that's very rare that you would get paid up front. Well, not paid up front, but that you would get paid per mention without right. even having to sell it. I mean, the thing is, no posting requirements. And yeah, I, I just think that's the most important part. Like if you are a part mm-hmm. of an affiliate program, if you are not being paid for, you know, a fully dedicated thing, you got, you gotta, you, yeah, it's 
great. You got to have no requirements. There's no way that I'm going to, you know, go all out, send you the video before. I I got asked about this the Mm -hmm. other day. I literally, um, I had a new company send me a package for their launch and they Mm -hmm. were super casual up until the very last minutes. And Mm -hmm. then once I got the package and of course, like I'm about to leave for vacation too. So like just Mm -hmm. poor timing all around. They're like, yeah, so just send us the content. And I was like, what content? Number one. Because uh-huh. none of this is contractually agreed upon. None of this mm-hmm. is anything. And like, that's the thing with with this parade affiliate is, yes, you're signing an affiliate contract, but you're not signing a deliverable contract. Yeah, correct. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. I mean, affiliates are such an interesting, wild world. And there are a lot of brands that are trying to take advantage of creators and affiliates. And we've there seen are. it come out time and time again, uh, where creators speak up and they say, you know, I agreed to this and I've been promoting them and I've been making some money, but it, you know, it's a couple hundred dollars. And then now all of a sudden they're going to like kick me out of the partnership or they're going to steal my content or they're gonna, you know, all these things. Yeah. And I think that's why affiliate marketing is so interesting and niche specific to the creator economy. Like it's just, I mean, you can do affiliates in press, you can do affiliates through other parts of publishing, but the creator economy as it meets affiliate is such an interesting intersection and brands need them, (laughs) but creators, I don't know. It's, it's definitely a risky thing to join one. It's yeah, it's really tough. And I think that's why people lean towards the, um, LTK version and the Amazon Mm -hmm. influencer version, because there's just so much more potential with what you can Mm -hmm. push and Mm -hmm. right link. And I just have so many, I have so many creators that I am watching just excel with affiliate marketing. Mm -hmm. And it's all because they have said, okay, what is really selling with my audience? Let me take that product that I'm seeing this like hit with on my stories, make it into a reel, slap many chat on it and DM automations so that everyone gets sent the link if they they comment some word mm-hmm. and there you have it. Tons of warm leads and like if mm-hmm. you have one TikTok, one Instagram reel go viral with a many chat automation, oh my god. You can make a ton yeah, of money. You can make a ton of money. Mm-hmm. My friend so much. Caitlin, um, Sass and Cellulite, currently has a reel with her walking pad going viral. And that's not mm-hmm. a cheap item. Yeah. My favorite is, um, I think, Victoria. Um, she does like a homemaking TikTok. She's like a stay-at-home mom and homemaker. And um, every week now on her TikTok, she is featuring um, this is what you bought from her Amazon links. But it's not – she doesn't feature anything that she featured. She only features like what else people are buying. I um, love that. I love – okay, I love that about Amazon Influencer. Oh, my God. I forget that because I don't go into my portal all the time. Yeah. But it is so funny that you can see the other items on the list. 
Yep, you can see anything that people have bought through your links, and she's had some wild ones. <laughs> all I, funny, all all really good. I'm sure, so funny. Okay, so what are our takeaways? We've talked about affiliate marketing a ton recently, but as as a creator, what what can we learn from this parade situation? I mean, as a creator, I think you just need to be wary of what's going on within an affiliate and what's going on within a business, right? Like knowing that this company got sold to another company or knowing that you're an affiliate of a brand that, you know, was acquired or got investing or whatever else, like all of those things on the business end change what happens in affiliate normally. Mm -hmm. Like when you get more money, you're able to maybe broaden the affiliate and add more people in, or maybe you're allowed to then start paying upfront fees, right? Paying attention to what's happening on the business end of your affiliate partnerships, I think is really important. And, you know, I hope that more brands are going to adopt this model of paying just for effort, um, because it does really make sense. So it makes a difference in the soul. partnerships like that. Yeah. It makes <laughs> yeah. a difference in your heart that you just like feel a little bit of appreciation, honestly, versus sure. the a dollar and eleven cents that you're gonna get from the one random Amazon. sale. You know? Yeah, exactly. You know? For sure. I think my takeaway here is to to really consider how you can best approach affiliate marketing. Because, you know, we've talked about affiliate marketing in not the best light before. I've definitely talked about it in not the best light on my feed because not everyone is going to be successful. Not every partnership is best for affiliate marketing in general. And, you know, we have to be weary of that. But also there is a ton of potential with the right affiliates. So, go to your story, go to your reels. How can you throw in that one Amazon item? Or what are you wearing currently? What do you get asked about that you can start Mm -hmm. talking about more? Because did I think that the parade affiliate would be super easy for me? Honestly, no. Like that's not something off the top of my head that I'd be like, oh yeah, like I can talk about my underwear all the time. But like in reality, I can do that really easily. Whereas some of the other affiliate programs that I've been in in the past, I have multiple mm-hmm. shoe affiliates that I've been a part of. I I just mm-hmm. couldn't make it happen. Like I, Those it was so hard. really hard for me. It was so mm-hmm. hard. I've been a part of supplement partnerships or supplement affiliates. I've been a part of you know a bunch of random things, and mm-hmm. it does take that experimentation to really get a grip on what's going to work for you specifically in your life versus not. Yeah, we've given this advice before when we've spoken about affiliates. Affiliates aren't necessarily bad, but you will only be successful if you truly know yourself and your audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and what a, likely what a pain even- in the butt. If you know your, you gotta I know, know yourself right? to know affiliates. You have to actually like look at your analytics and see what like performs. Weird, weird. <laughs> you gotta analytics. get in there, get in there, get get right in there. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us on this episode of Brand Me Creator. If you love this episode, freaking rate it, please. It means the world to us. Um, and we will catch you next episode. See you later.